0: Hi, this is Bill Woods, and I want to wish you a very, very happy Merry Christmas. It's just uh, almost upon us now. I wanted to talk today why Jesus was born in a cow shed. In Luke chapter 2, 1 through 7, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. Wally was a big kid for his age. He was seven years old, but he looked like he might be a couple years older. Everyone wondered what role the teacher would give him in the Christmas play, especially considering he was a slow learner. Perhaps he could pull the curtain. To everyone's surprise, the teacher made Wally the innkeeper. Wally was delighted. He only had to learn one line— there is no room in the inn he had to say and he had that down in no time the night of the program the parents took their places every seat in the auditorium was filled the children entered singing oh come all ye faithful the lights dimmed the audience quieted the curtain opened on scene one mary and joseph entered and walked up to the inn "'Please, sir, my wife isn't well. "'Could we have a room for the night?' "'Wally was ready for his line. "'He'd rehearsed it all night. "'He began, there's, and he hesitated. "'He started again, there's, his mind went blank. "'Everyone felt embarrassed for him. "'Poor Wally, he didn't know what to do. "'Joseph thought he'd improvise "'and started walking toward the stable on stage left.' seeing him walk away, wally in desperation called out look there's plenty of room at my house just come on home with me what a delightful twist to a very familiar story over the years the characters of christmas have become clearly defined for us the issues all seem very clear-cut herod was a villain the wise men were heroes the shepherds were heroes the innkeepers uh, been one of the heavies in the story, we picture the innkeeper as a crotchety old man in the nightcap, sticking his head out the second-story window and tersely shouting, "Take the stable and leave me alone." Perhaps the innkeeper's received bad press. Preachers have had a field day with this poor fellow through the years, but was it his fault the inn was built with twelve rooms instead of thirteen? Was it his fault Caesar issued a decree that the entire world should be taxed? Was it his fault Mary and Joseph were late in arriving? This simple statement about no room in the inn becomes a symbol for Luke. It's almost a theme of Luke's gospel. Luke used this line, there is no room in the inn, and shows how this was recurrent throughout Jesus' ministry. Luke's question is, will there ever be room for him? we blame the innkeeper but today most people are doing exactly what he did there's just no room for jesus because he makes us uncomfortable john 3:19 says and this is the judgment the light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil that's why society wants to kick jesus out of his christmas celebration The Taj Mahal is one of the most beautiful and costly tombs in the world. The legends surrounding the building of the Taj Mahal are fascinating. There's one that haunts and disturbs. Shah Jahan, the powerful Mugai emperor, was grieving. His favorite wife had died. He loved her deeply. Her death devastated him. He decided to honor her in a special way. He'd construct an incredible temple like the world had never seen. The temple would serve as her tomb and and be a memorial tribute to her and dramatically symbolize his love for her. Her coffin was placed in the center of a large parcel of land and construction of the temple began around it. No expense was to be spared. He wanted to make her final resting place magnificent and breathtaking. As the weeks turned into months, the Shah's grief was eclipsed by his passion for the building project. He no longer missed her or mourned her absence. In fact, he hardly thought of her at all. He was totally consumed with the details of his building project. He was obsessed with the construction of the temple. It was all that he thought about. It was on his mind, night and day, building this magnificent temple. One day he hurriedly walked from one side of the construction site to the other and accidentally bumped his leg against a wooden box. The emperor was irritated. Impatiently, he braced the dust off his leg and ordered the workers to throw the box out immediately. What was that box doing here in the middle of the building anyway? Get it out of here right now. I'm sure you've guessed, the box held the remains of his beloved wife. Shah Jahan threw her out her coffin. He forgot she was there. In this Christmas season, I believe this dramatic legend is painfully relevant for us today. We get so involved in the tasks and details of Christmas, we forget the one that we're honoring one poet wrote, O little inn of Bethlehem, how like we are to you. Our lives are crowded to the brim with this and that to do. We're, we're not unfriendly to the king. We mean well without a doubt. We have no hostile feelings. We merely crowd him out. If we analyze Luke's gospel and see what comes afterward in the life of Jesus, a consistent theme emerges. We see over and over just how often the scene in that Bethlehem inn set the tone for what followed throughout the course of Jesus' entire life. We see how people didn't have room for his teaching, his insights, his compassion, and his love. We see how often people simply didn't have room for Jesus. There was certainly no room for Jesus in the economic world, When Jesus stepped off a boat at Gadarene, he met a poor, demented demonic who was tormented by multiple demons. Seeing the poor man's life, Jesus acted. He banished those demons into a nearby herd of pigs who ran off a cliff and drowned. About 2,000 pigs, the Bible says. Were the townspeople relieved to see their neighbor who had been tortured for years, freed from the demonic torment? If so, they hid it rather well. They were convinced about the loss of money that their pigs represented. Uh, they cared more about saving a buck than saving a person. Their concern was their money rather than the compassion. They asked Jesus to go away. Leave their economy alone. They turned him away before he was able to get in and minister, maybe heal somebody's child, maybe give them the the message they wanted to hear. Today, our world has no room for Jesus, even at his birth celebration. There's too much money to be made during the holiday season to boost our economy, nor was there any room for Jesus in the legal realm the law was cut and dried moses wrote the law hundreds of years before it was pretty much black and white the law said a woman caught in adultery should be stoned there were no ifs ands or buts about it no loopholes no plea bargaining so the crowd brought a woman to jesus who had been caught in adultery they expected jesus to extract the justice they felt this woman deserved They expected Jesus to sanction their little lynch mob. They expected Jesus to give that uh, no-account lady that had been caught in this compromising position what she deserved. But that wasn't what happened. Instead, Jesus knelt down and wrote in the, the sand, and the people that were watching dropped their stones and one by one left until finally everybody was gone, and Jesus said to the woman, where are your accusers? And she said, they're not here, Lord. He said, I guess they don't condemn you. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus taught that there was a law higher than even the law of Moses, that the grace of God extended compassion to even the vilest of sinners. It's surely a wonderful teaching. But were the people were the people pleased to learn there are times when compassion is more important than the law if so they hid it rather well they grumbled and walked away angry at him who had changed the safe boundaries given by the law of moses angry at him who'd shown justice doesn't always require an ultimate punishment angry at him who made them turn their eyes from the sins of another and see their own sins They wanted nothing to do with him. There was no room in their lives for a person of this sort. There was no room for Jesus. Isn't it strange that today we have no room for Jesus because he doesn't condone immorality? I mean, Jesus is not for all the abortions, not for gay marriage, not for all the things that violate the very commandments that God gave us back in Moses' time. Surprisingly, surprisingly, There was no room for Jesus in the religious realm of that day either. Those in power liked things just as they were. People like Annas and Caiaphas, the high priest, and uh, his father-in-law put their supporters in all the top religious positions. There were more priests than, than were needed. Certainly, they didn't need a carpenter born in a manger telling them how to deal with the theological questions of the day. So when Jesus brought new insights and teachings showing the light of truth where there had been only darkness, were they pleased? If so, they hid it rather well. Instead, they wondered who who were his parents? Where did he go to seminary? Where did he get this authority that he was using? They were far more satisfied with the safety of the status quo than the unvarnished truth that Jesus brought to those who would hear. They wanted nothing to do with a subversive innovator like Jesus. There was no room in their lives for Jesus. You know, today the average pastor won't preach the truth because the average congregation won't tolerate it. Second Timothy 4, 3 and 4 says, "...for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching years they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions." And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. There was then no room for Jesus in the world of politics. Sure, the people wanted him to be king, but they wanted any Tom, Dick, or Harry who would get rid of the Romans to be king or who could feed them face sandwiches out there when they were about to starve. They wanted someone with power to shape their day-to-day world a power able to shake the foundations of the Roman Empire and make their pitiful little ethnic group into a world power, power to make them over overlords and the Romans their slaves. But Jesus wasn't interested in earthly kingdom because his kingdom wasn't of this world. On Palm Sunday when he rode into Jerusalem and walked into the temple and Crowd prepared for a coronation, Jesus disappointed them again. He shunned the smoke filled rooms focused on the genuine problems of the people by spending time helping the poor and the sick. Were the people pleased that they'd finally found a compassionate, genuine leader instead of the politicians that they were accustomed to? If so, they hit it rather well. Oh, they gave him a popular mandate, all right. They all agreed he should be crucified. They wanted nothing to do with someone who talked of a world to come. Their lives held no room for Jesus. Today, we want to separate church and state. We don't want the church making statements about political views like abortion and gay marriage and euthanasia and guns and AIDS and drug drugs and marriage or or the lack of marriage all those things you know we we don't want somebody to tell us no we're not supposed to do things like that i mean this is 2022 almost 2023 and those views are archaic our society has been enlightened we don't need rules from the dark ages we don't have room for that jesus that baby of Bethlehem comes to us this Christmas and every day when we least expect him. Just like that innkeeper, we must decide whether to open that door or not. As our lives are our lives so cluttered with incidents and, and ourselves that we don't even hear the knock? If we hear it, will we see it as just another troublesome interruption? Yes, Take the stable. Do anything. Just leave me alone. Jesus is knocking at your heart's door. Revelation 3:20 said, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me." How you answer presents the most important question of all: Is there room in your life for Jesus? My original statement was why jesus was born in a cow shed the the obvious answer is because the innkeeper didn't make room in his inn but i think there's more had jesus been born in richer surroundings the shepherds might have felt inhibited to come to him the kings would have felt comfortable if if he were in a palace but christ didn't come just for the elites he came to meet the needs of whosoever no matter what role they play in society Jesus is the universal Savior, and he can meet your needs today. No matter where you are in the spectrum of society, God loves you, and God has a plan for your life. And I would tell you, as we celebrate this Christmas remember what it's all about it's not about rudolph the red-nosed reindeer or frosty the snowman or santa claus that stole all the attributes of god when they say you better watch out you better not cry you better be good i'm telling you why santa claus come to town they say he sees you when you're sleeping he knows when you're awake he knows if you've been bad or good so be good for goodness sake that isn't santa claus that knows that that is god and god has got a place for you in his kingdom won't you let him come in don't keep him out on the the outskirts of your your home or of your life don't put him in a cow shed when he needs to be the ruler of your home and the ruler of your life there's no better way than knowing jesus christ is our lord and savior there's no greater gift to receive than receive jesus christ at this christmas time as your lord and accept the gifts of eternal life well forgiveness of sin and eternal life and and uh, joint heir with him and God's kingdom tell you what that's the best things I can even think of that we could receive at Christmas God bless you I'm praying that God will help you to make the decision to serve him and I'm praying that through this Christmas you won't get caught up with all the tension and, and pressures and, and forget what it's all about. Remember, it's God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for stepping into history, for taking on the form of man to become part of our human race because we could not help ourselves. We were lost in sin. The wages of sin is death and so because of that somebody perfect had to die in our place so that their atonement could get us in a right relationship with god thank you that you did that for us help us lord to realize how important it is to confess our sins to you to invite you to come into our lives and be our savior in jesus name amen listen if you want to get in touch with me It's uh, my email address or gmail address actually is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. Or my mailing address is Bill Woods, Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. I hope you have a nice Christmas. I hope that you remember what it's all about and I hope that you'll find your way someplace to a church to worship Jesus Christ, not only this Christmas, but all year long. God bless you. Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you later.